This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Tom Dahl is president and CEO of Subaru of America, and he joins us for a few moments. Tom, thanks for uh, giving us your time today. No problem, Dan. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. This has to be, I would think, for your company and obviously for the industry as a whole, a very unique period in its history when you think about what's been going on with the chip shortage and, and the state of the economy and, and the push for EVs. This is, this is very transformative, I think, on a lot of fronts. It's been quite an interesting year, hasn't it, when you think back? Uh, nobody really saw this chip shortage coming as we got into the fourth quarter of last year. And it really didn't start to manifest itself really until probably the first quarter of this year. But uh, it's had a tremendous impact on not just Subaru of America and our business, but also the entire industry, as you point out. And like you say, with the confluence of, of all of these things happening at the same time, the migration to 5G, you know, people um, with learning remotely with their children, you know, the demand on chips has just skyrocketed. And as a result, uh, it's been difficult for the auto industry to get its place back in the back in the queue, if you will, uh, for these chips. So it's been quite an interesting year, to say the least. And the expectation, it sounds like, from a lot of reports that I hear uh, out right now, is that this is not, you know, we're not talking weeks now. We're still talking months, maybe even into 2023, before a lot of this really shakes out uh, to a conclusion. I think you're looking at at least until the middle part of next year. Um, before this, before the chip situation begins to clear itself up and production gets back to what, I, what we would call anywhere near normal, to the point where we're going to be able to restock our retailer inventories. That's the that's the thing. Like with us, we're down to an industry low six day supply of inventory. So effectively, we're sold out, and customers that are coming into our stores have to essentially order the vehicle that they're looking for and then wait six to eight weeks for it to come into the either manufacturer or factory in Indiana or come in from Japan. Are there longer-term conversations ongoing about what the auto industry might need to consider when you're thinking about uh, semiconductor chips and, and trying to prevent these types of issues again? That's a really good question, and the answer is, I know, I can't really speak for the industry, but I can speak for ourselves. And these types of things, as you know, Dan, we, we call them black swan events. There's really no way you yeah. could predict something like this was going to happen even at the time of the earthquake and tsunami that happened back in 2011 in Japan, where one of the one of the chip manufacturers had an issue, Renesis, uh, and was out of production for a while, um, nobody expected that a situation like this was going to happen again. And so I think what you will see is once the dust settles here and production gets back to normal and can work with our suppliers and our vendors a little bit better, um, we, you will see probably some adjustment. Uh, re- regarding the supply chain so that this type of situation doesn't happen again. Or at least if it does, it's minimized to a certain extent because, as you pointed out earlier in the discussion, the economy is doing fantastic, right? I mean, there's no, there's no question yeah. in my mind that this, this would have been probably a record year for the auto industry. I think it could have been over 18 million vehicles, to be quite honest with you, with the, rate, with the pace of demand and what we're seeing just based on the fundamentals for our brand. So I can imagine the industry would be just as well. And you can imagine all of the manufacturers struggling to keep up with this uh, with this production and clearly losing a lot of sales this year because of it. Overall, though, for the, the operations of Subaru, what has this all meant for the production? Are, are you are, are you able to, you know, like I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of uh, reports, be able to process a lot of vehicles to a certain point and then having them wait for the chips? Or have you actually pared back on production a little bit? 
We, we take a different approach in that we're not going to build a car without the chip. Otherwise, we don't want the car sitting out there exposed to the elements. Um, and we don't know exactly, for example, how long it might take to get those chips installed in the vehicle. So we're not even producing the cars unless we have okay. chips available because we want to we want to have the best overall um, customer experience possible. And um, you know, having to go back and install these chips later, that's not something that we do. It's, the chips are really embedded in our manufacturing process such that it really doesn't make sense for us to install them afterwards. I know some manufacturers are doing that, but that's not the approach that we're taking. Has this made Subaru a, a more resilient company, having to go through this process and think about maybe pivots that, that you've had to make during this time that aren't just necessarily short-term changes but longer-term changes? That's a really good question because Subaru, um, if you follow our history at all, we've always been a company that's um, been, at least since I've been here anyway, we've, we've tried to keep our inventories at a fairly low level, whereas the industry standard might be 60, 65, or 70 days. We've tried to keep ours at no more than 45 days because we like the fact that it keeps our, our marketing costs and incentive costs reasonably low compared to what the competitors are doing because we're not saddled. Our retailers aren't saddled with that excess inventory. So we've we've learned to deal or, or be resilient, as you're pointing out, with low inventories before, but never this low. Um, yeah. And so it is going to be something that, that – uh, we're going to have to continue. But we've always had, like, sold order systems in place. We've always had our retailers uh, trading vehicles amongst each other if they have a customer uh, that's on a lot. But, you know, right now, the average retailer, we've only got – we started the month of September with, what, 9,100 vehicles in inventory, roughly 14 per store. Um, so most, most, most car sales now are going to have to be uh, – customers that are coming in are going to have to order their vehicle. Um, and then, have, as I said earlier, they're going to have to wait for it. You have to add in as well uh, what we've seen in terms of a, of a want by consumers to buy used vehicles as well, uh, and and that being a, a part of this mix also. That's exactly right, and and for us, um, you know, Subaru, we've always had because of our owner retention. Our owners love to keep their cars for a long time. I think we either have or still have the the highest uh, ownership period in the industry. I think the the average ownership for the first owner is over seven years. Um, so our owners tend to like the car once they purchase it and are driving it for a while because of all the safety aspects that the car provides, yeah. the all-wheel drive and so on, that allows for a better handling and, and drivability for, with the vehicle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's with us, we never had that many used cars in, the, in play anyway, but the used cars that are available, certainly um, prices for them have skyrocketed over the last six months or so. And, of course, you also have the added impact of CarMax and Carvana that have come into the marketplace, um, and they're scooping up a lot of used car inventory that's out there. Uh, where's Subaru in terms of the development of EVs right now? Well, we have a we have a plug-in with our Crosstrek uh, that sells as well as possibly can. I mean, if we could produce more, we could sell more clearly. Uh, in fact, I'm driving it now, and I'm getting over 55 miles per gallon uh, with mine, and then we've got a new new EV coming next year called the Solterra, uh, which you've probably seen press reports on, yeah. and we're very excited about that. That'll be the first full electric vehicle for Subaru, and then of course we're going to watch demand for that to determine uh, how quickly we need to bring out other EVs in the product line. Uh, but it all, be, all will depend on the success uh, of the of the new EV Solterra that's coming out next year. 
the other thing I wanted to ask you about was the, the rise in technology in vehicles and how that's increased dramatically in recent years. And I think the, the question is, having so much technology now in the cars, how do you balance giving the consumer everything they want in a vehicle, but also trying to keep them affordable as well? That, that's really the key, right? Because uh, the cost of the technology, particularly like for, with us, for example, we've got EyeSight. We call it EyeSight, which is our driver assist technology, which we believe is one of the best in the automotive industry. And we're constantly making improvements. So our next generation products that are coming out are going to have improved EyeSight, as well as blind spot detection, rear cross traffic alert, you know, adaptive cruise control where the car can effectively drive itself if it's on a on a on a major highway. You know, it'll, it'll stay in the lanes with the lane keep assist. And the key yeah. is to try to make sure that the technology, as it develops, is affordable. Now, what we try to do in order to keep it affordable is to make sure that the our used car prices and our residual values uh, on a lease remain high because, in effect, that allows equity for that customer to have equity that they can use in the purchase of the next car, which can keep their monthly payment relatively consistent with what it might right. have been before. Because if you look at if you look at in the industry, not just for Subaru, we look at the industry, the monthly payments really haven't increased that much, even with the addition of all this new technology. Um, now, part of that this year is caused by the fact that demand is exceeding supply. You're in a classic, you're in a classic, uh, you know, uh, seller's market that we're currently yeah. in. But uh, you know, in in the future, it's going to be critical to manage your your resale values and your residual values to make sure, because the prices of the tech, the price for the technology is going to increase. What we have to make sure is that we can get residual value for it on a lease, and and that maintains its value when it gets into the used car market, which we hopefully believe that it will. Yeah, Tom, great to talk with you for a few moments. Thanks uh, for joining us, and uh, we will stay in touch. Thank you, Dan. Enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Tom Dahl, president and CEO of Subaru of America. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.